0: Emmanuel Forbes wasn't the cornerback. We thought Washington would target at number 16 with Christian Gonzalez on the board, but he's the one that they got. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders.
1: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome in, Stains, of the Lockdown Commanders Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harris, a credentialed member of the media. Cover your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at DHarrison82, or text me anytime, via subtext at 202-760-2644. Thanks for making lockdown Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there coming through five days a week. Going to have a bonus episode this week for you, so six days a week. And also a special thanks to the subtexters who are texting with me again at 202-760-2644. It was a blast talking with you. All draft night here on day one in Ashburn, Virginia, sharing some reactions with you and some anticipation. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamt of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then you've got to give this game a try. To download it, just go to ultimate gm.com or look it up in your app store, and you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. With the 16th overall pick in the NFL draft, the Washington Commanders selected Mississippi State cornerback Emmanuel Forbes. And look, right up front, we're going to be honest, the vibe in the media room on parts of Twitter and even in the subtext conversations I was having with Commanders fans as it was all unfolding, not the greatest atmosphere, not the greatest environment. Now, thankfully, nobody was dogging Emmanuel Forbes. I want to make sure that that is very clear, that from what I saw on social media, in the subtext even, And in the media room, I didn't hear anybody bad-mouthing Emmanuel Forbes. This wasn't a situation where people were disappointed that Forbes was the pick. It's a situation where basically they were disappointed that the pick we all thought it was going to be did not actually come to fruition. So it wasn't about the selection. It was about the non-selection. And simply put, for months, we've all thought that Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez was a pipe dream for the Washington Commanders. No way he was going to get out of the top 10. Certainly not not a chance he was going to get. Out of the top 15 in fact every everydayers you're gonna remember an episode from earlier this week where we talked about just how far maybe martin mayhew and the the washington commanders were willing to trade up to get a guy that maybe they coveted like christian gonzalez if he even got far enough to say pick 12 or 13 like we projected in the end not only did gonzalez get out out of the top 10 not only did he make it to pick 13 he made it to pick 16 and ultimately number 17 where he did go to the new england patriots but any hurt feelings or disappointment about that really I think we all have to chalk up and acknowledge to that being not agreed with you know we all want to be agreed with we all want to feel like we're right and that we had the beat uh properly and the commanders Ron Aver and his staff simply believe that Emmanuel Forbes is a better cornerback for this team than Christian Gonzalez and honestly I hope he proves them right I hope he proves them right I hope he proves us wrong I guess necessarily for believing that Christian Gonzalez was the better fit than Emmanuel Forbes so what is Washington expecting to get from Forbes? Why do they think that he is the better guy? Well, for starters, and I think this is the biggest discriminator, and it is the biggest difference when you put Christian Gonzalez and Emmanuel Forbes side by side. It's the ball hawk ability. It's the turnovers to the takeaways that Emmanuel Forbes was able to create for Mississippi State that Christian Gonzalez just wasn't able to create uh, as, as impressively or as, a high, as at, at high enough of a clip uh, for the Washington Commanders. Forbes had six interceptions in his final season at Mississippi State and 14 in three years, including five, it were five or more interceptions in two of those years individually. Now, he did play mostly zone coverage schemes, so that checks out. Again, Ron Rivera, during during the pre-draft press conference, did state that collegiate scheme and how that translates to the National Football League. Certainly important when the, the way they look at these prospects. And according to Ron Rivera, the takeaways, the six interceptions, at least most of them if not all of them, came in zone. Now, according to PFF and their college stats, They say that all six interceptions came in man. So in the coming days, I'm going to turn to the tape. We're going to go over later uh, on a future episode. But the bottom line is he can get to the ball. Whether it's in man, whether it's in zone, he can get to the ball. And even if he can't get it in zone or didn't get it all that much uh, in zone, he's proven to Washington that he has the football IQ, the ability to learn, and the willingness to be coached. I think that's probably the most important thing here. Rivera shared two stories with us during the day one, uh, end of day press conference. Uh, here in the theater at uh, Ashburn, Virginia, one about Forbes getting beat on a double move. They asked him about getting beat on that double move, and they were impressed because, because Forbes immediately acknowledged the flaw in his own play. He said that he got fixated on the quarterback. He lost discipline on his own man, didn't even know his guy was hitting a double move and running past him down the field. He said he learned from it. He recognized it. He fixed it. And according to Ron Rivera, again, I haven't watched all the film, but according to Ron Rivera, you go through and you watch the future plays and you watch him on double moves and he's right there with his man learning from that lesson. That's football intelligence. That's the ability to learn the willingness and the humility to know that you were wrong and to get better. Then there was a play that Rivera talked about where the opposing offense targeted him with a kind of a high-low type of formation, or not formation, but route combination where they had a receiver above him, they had a receiver below him, and what he did is he essentially split the two receivers. Because he was splitting the two receivers, the opposing quarterback hesitated for a second that gave Emmanuel Forbes the opportunity he needed on that play to break downhill and come away with an interception. From the description, certainly sounds like a zone coverage interception because there's no way that Emmanuel Forbes would be by himself in between two receivers if he was in man coverage, right? So sounds to me like that one at least came in zone coverage, which would support Ron Rivera saying uh, that a good amount, if not all of those interceptions, came in zone, whereas, again, PFF says they came in man. We'll go back, we'll watch the interceptions, we'll watch the plays, Uh, and see what we can identify ourselves. And I'll bring that here to you on a future episode of Locked On Commander. So intelligence, ball hawking ability, that's what Washington is getting with Forbes, so they say. That's what they see. That's what they believe they're getting. Again, we'll do a review. We'll come back. But in today's episode, we're going to continue this day one conversation, reactions to Emmanuel Forbes, what it was like in the media room, and what one media member saw in the war room that perhaps spoke to a little bit of what was going on, uh, here with the Washington Commanders. Candy Waller of Bowie TV and Seawall Entertainment joining us next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we'll have that conversation thanks to our friends over at Ultimate Football GM. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this game many, many times. And if you ever thought you would be a good football GM, you've got to give this game a try. In fact, one of my subtexters, I sent out a text to all of you guys. I said, What are you doing to pass the time? I got some interesting. Uh, comments somewhere about food somewhere about activity some people were taking a nap trying to get rid of the stress which i totally get and i even got some responses saying i'm playing ultimate football gm i think that is amazing because when you play ultimate football gm you get to control every aspect of your team as you play through the seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build your historic dynasty hire and fire the coaches the sports psychologists the medics the scouts the players you draft you do all these things you start with the worst roster In football and the number one overall pick, and where your team goes from there is up to you. It's all happening in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want. Locked on, commanders, listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. So make sure you check it out today to get the game. Go to ultimate gm.com or look it up in your app store. That's ultimate gm.com. Ultimate Football GM starts your dynasty today. Thanks for making Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view every single day. To my everydayers, of course, thank you for coming through here five days a week with me. But make sure you're also joining Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino and other Locked On NFL local experts for the live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will have live coverage of rounds 2 and 3 beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight on YouTube on the Locked On NFL scouting page. Tomorrow, they'll get you caught up live after each round starting at 1130 Eastern time. So subscribe, subscribe to locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes to get notified when they go live. I did not make an appearance during round one, but candy, we were busy uh, projecting, panicking a little bit, uh, but I will, I do anyway, plan on making an appearance on day two. So make sure you guys come through and join me just like candy. Waller is joining us here on today's episode of locked on commanders on Twitter at SeaWall S E president of <laughs> buoy TV. So, we got We got to salute the president uh, of Bowie TV joining us here, Candy. So let's get, obviously, day one's over. Let's get your first initial thoughts on new Washington Commanders cornerback, Emmanuel Forbes.
2: So let's start from the beginning, right? Um, I was shocked by the pick. Um, not upset, but I was shocked, right? Because as, as, you know, David just mentioned, we were panicking a little bit, nervous, um, started to see Christian Gonzalez drop. And I said, OMG, I just know they're (laughs) going to pick Christian. Christian, he's right there. He's right there. He's right there. And so once the commanders picked Emmanuel, it was like, uh, okay. (laughs) Um, So it was... Heard a lot of positive things right. about Emmanuel right. Forbes. Um, he's highly regarded by uh, former commander cornerback Fred Spook. Yeah. He's been talking about Emmanuel Forbes for months. Um, and so, since we talked to Emmanuel tonight, right, it was a quick conversation. Um, but hey, he, he sounds really, really excited. Uh, both Coach Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew said there was a consensus, and they're really excited to have him. I think he's a perf- perfect fit for the locker room. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna hopefully get a chance to talk to Fred Smoot on Saturday out of the Commanders fan engagement mock or not mock draft, but live draft. Uh, extravaganza—that's the best way I can I can probably talk. So let's 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 get real. Let's talk about that kind of letdown disappointment because in the initial aftermath, we kind of we were kind of all talking in the media room and and we kind of came to this realization that this isn't like a, a dislike of Emmanuel Forbes, right? And I just kind of talked about that from my perspective in the first segment here but I want to get your perspective on that too so I say it's not it's not a disappointment Emmanuel Forbes it's just the expectation and almost the buildup of Christian Gonzalez over the last few months as being that dude in that number one corner in the group either him or Devin Witherspoon and then having that ability to go get him but then having the team go a different direction am I am I accurate in saying that it's it's not really Emmanuel (laughs) Forbes that anybody's disappointed in it's more so the the uh, the impression we had of Christian Gonzalez.
2: Absolutely. I mean, Devin Witherspoon was already off the board, which was to be anticipated. But mm-hmm. then next off the board was to an- be anticipated was Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. So as soon as it got down to nine and 10 and 11, I mean, <laughs> I was like, throwing papers around like it's going to be Christian Gonzalez It's going to be Christian Gonzalez. And so it, it not being it was like, what's happening here. Right,
1: right. Um,
2: and so like you said, you said it perfectly. It was not anti-Emmanuel Forbes, but we want to be transparent and honest and say it was a shock no. that it was Emmanuel Forbes over Christian Gonzalez.
0: Yeah. And and I'll give a shout out to Hall of Famer David Aldridge, who was sitting, you know, in our row of tables, because he was kind of the first one to point out it wasn't really Christian Gonzalez, it was actually Will Levis who he was kind of like, hey guys, you know, if if this team doesn't take Will Levis, then you look at the board and it doesn't really look like anybody else is going to take him. He might be sitting there at number 16 and kind of what do we think about that? And before anybody, we were all on board. No Will Levis. And and unfortunately for him, obviously, everybody in the first round uh, was on the same page. I mean, I think your heart breaks seeing a kid go through all those things. Like we still got to remember these are young men going through all these things. So heart goes out to him for sure. But no, we did not want Will Levis number 16, the Washington Commanders. Um, But then because of that inspiration, that conversation, it kind of turned to, okay, well, who else? Who do we want? And what's the path? there and as the new york jets took their ever-loving time to make the pick we got a little bit more concerned like maybe someone was going to jump the commanders to go get christian right. gonzalez obviously that's not how it went out anyway but something interesting happened shortly after the pick as espn nfl network like to do they turned the camera onto the war room in ashburn when the pick was being made and typically right we can't guarantee every single frame but typically this is being shown from when the pick is being made and you notice something a little bit interesting in the ashburn war room
2: yeah i did i said no one's cheering like everyone looked like at one point i said is everyone confused do they know that the pick has been made are they sure (laughs) and like you just said maybe it was the frame. Right? Yeah. Maybe they just caught him at the wrong moment, yeah. but it was a pretty stale environment. There were no high fives and smiles at the time. Um, So that was what we saw. That was what the world saw if You caught it.
0: Um, right, right. Wasn't
2: looking like a, a bunch of cheery, excited folks at the time.
0: Yeah, it was just, it was just really interesting. And you know, the dynamic here in, in Washington is one that everybody kind of knows at the end of the day, it's Ron Rivera's decision, right? Yes. I asked the question to general manager, Martin Mayhew during the pre-draft press conference that really Until that moment, was almost kind of a throwaway. It was a funny moment. It was kind of a throwaway moment. I asked him, you know, I said, you know, if if you've got, we talk a lot about floors and ceilings in this time of year. And if you've got two players on the board and you look at one and say, well, this guy's at the higher floor, but this guy's got the higher ceiling, then how do you determine which player you take? And Martin looked at me and then he looked at Ron and he said, I simply go, hey, coach, which one of these guys do you want? And we all had a good laugh, but it was a good moment. But it kind of brings that all back into focus because, What if the conversation in the room is between two guys? What if there's guys in the commander's room that wanted Christian Gonzalez versus uh, Emmanuel Forbes? What if the people looked at, they said, yeah, coach, there's the interceptions, but we agree with PFF, and those came in man coverage, whereas Ron Rivera says they came in zone coverage. I mean, those those conversations could possibly happen, so it's a valid question that came up during the press conference. You know, It was said that everybody was on the same page, and that's exactly the message you want to get, but... The body language just didn't feel like it delivered that message.
2: Yeah, it didn't It didn't deliver that message at all. And you would have to think, I mean, we're making assumptions, but based on that awesome question that you asked in the pre-draft presser, I mean, Christian Gonzalez was ranked higher than yeah. Emmanuel Forbes, and he was falling. I mean, even the analysts, they were saying, you know, on all of the networks, well, you know, he's falling, he's falling, he's, he's not going where they anticipated. So you would have to think that, Whatever the data or analytics says, you have to have that conversation of what makes the most sense. Do you take, quote unquote, best available Mm -hmm. or do you take who you want? Head coach Ron Rivera. Yeah. So it felt like it came down to that. Do you do what the analyst says or what the analytics say or do you do what head coach Ron Rivera says? Yeah.
0: And as we learned last year, uh, you know, the Washington commanders, rightfully so, they don't care what everybody else's big board says. They They care what their big board says. So, and again, we are reading, can you just acknowledge, we are reading into body language and that can be dangerous sometimes. I mean, you know, maybe maybe there were talks going on about maybe drafting or training back into the first round to maybe get another guy. So what we're seeing is not dejection. What we're seeing is, okay, if this guy falls and they're back at work immediately trying to figure out the next move. So, you know, again, not a report, just kind of an interesting observation to keep an eye on. Uh, just kind of moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, Candy, day two is right around the corner. More picks, more players going to be available. Some surprising names that fell out of the first round. What are uh, the position groups? I mean, cornerback for me anyway, uh, I wrote it for Commander Country on Sports Illustrated's Foundation. Cornerback was actually that number one position of need. The commanders obviously agreed. They came in and addressed it. What are the next position groups that you want to see the, this team address in the NFL draft?
2: I think they need to address offensive lines. Uh, we saw a couple. I think the first one that that came off the board that was um, mocked to the commanders was Darnell Wright. Mm-hmm. And then uh, was it Jones? Yeah. Went as well. And so not sure who else is who is best available per se right now, but offensive tackle. And I still think that linebacker position needs to be addressed as well. Um Tight end is another position. So that's kind of you know, an offensive line for sure. Yeah. Linebacker. And I think tight end is another kind of just uh never know. I mean, that we yeah. you know, there was some mock drafts saying that the commanders would pick a tight end at 16. Mm-hmm. So if there is still one available, and I believe Mike Mayer is,
0: yeah.
2: maybe that's the way you go.
0: Yeah. I mean, my one and only first round mock draft, I had the commanders training out of 16, going back to 21 and taking Dalton Kincaid who i will take a win that dalton kikade was the first tight end off the board it was not to uh the washington commanders obviously instead going to the buffalo bills which is a dangerous dangerous thing for the nfl to let buffalo get but that means that michael mayer along with darnell washington along with luke musgrave and these other talented tight end groups that every day as you know we've been talking about tight ends all draft season they're still available on the board so when 47 comes around maybe they go with one of those tight ends we will talk more about uh, specific players. I'm going to give you three to five specific players that I'm targeting for the Washington Commanders on day two. But for now, we're going to thank Candy Waller again on Twitter at CWallSE. So make sure you're giving her a follow, uh, doing great work as the president of Bowie TV. Candy, thanks for joining us.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the calories and the sugar, then you need the best tasting protein bar built. You got to try this because Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. So amazing. You're not even going to realize that they're good for you. They're covered in 100% real dark chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream, just to name a few. There are These bars are like candy bars, but they're actually good for you. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but they pack 17 grams of protein apiece. You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, or you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. At Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you go to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box of hip flavors, brownie batter puff, and churro puff. And make sure you head to Built.com and check out the new peanut butter puff and cookies and cream puff. Again, it's Built Bar, Built Different, Built.com. You got to try this.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Wrapping up day one here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast, day one of the NFL Draft. It's actually into Friday as we're wrapping up this episode, so we're going to look ahead To day two, Candy Waller already identified kind of her position groups of need. I'm going to go through my top three position groups of need still remaining for the Washington Commanders. I'm going to give you three names per position group as we look ahead to the second and third rounds. As I see it, the remaining needs for the Washington Commanders, tight end, linebacker, and offensive line. Tight end position. Look, I love Logan Thomas. I'm a big fan. I like his leadership. I like his style. But he's battling injury day in, day out just to stay on the field the Washington Bears need to get him some help for one to help spell him a little bit number two they got to start planning for life after Logan Thomas John Bates is solid Cole Turner certainly has a lot of potential Armani Rogers certainly uh, showed some potential last year they even like Curtis Hodges but none of those guys is a sure-fired number one tight end for Eric Bieniemy's offense or anybody's offense for that matter got to take a crack at that only one tight end came off the board on day one. So that means there are a good amount of tight ends available day two. They got to take a swing, I think, at one of those positions, uh, one of those guys in that position. Number two, need is linebacker. Cody Barton's coming in to compete to be the starter, potentially be the starter. And that is fantastic behind him. Again, similar to, t- similar to the tight end position. You don't have a guy that, you, if you say we got to turn to our backup, we have confidence that guy to be our Mike linebacker of the future. You need to go out there and take a swing at getting a guy to, to climb your depth chart be that primary backup, and potentially become a starter if the need arises. Number three, offensive line. I like what the commanders have done so far this offseason, the offensive line bringing in veterans, especially someone like Andrew Wiley who knows Eric Bieniemy, his style, and what he's going to expect so he can help kind of be a teacher from the inside. But you're never done building your offensive line. And honestly, if you look at a couple of positions, you're one injury away from being right back where you were last year with an offensive line that is suspect at best. So I want to see them address that. Get an offensive lineman. Doesn't have to be a tackle, doesn't have to be a guard. You kind of have position flexibility, could even be a center if you really want him to. Either way, you have to go out there and you have to get a guy. So, who are the top three prospects for the tight end group? Michael Mayer, who is a lot of people's number one tight end coming into the draft. The guy out of Notre Dame is still on the board. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, my number one guy, some other people's number one guy. He is the only tight end that went in day one to the Buffalo Bills. That is a super, super dangerous. Uh, addition there for the Buffalo Bills. But Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame is your number one guy coming in today, too. If you like a more balanced type tight end, if you, just, if you just want the receiving ability, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State maybe fits your taste a little bit better. He's your number two tight end. And then number three is Darnell Washington, who can do a little bit of both. Isn't necessarily super great at either. More of a pass catcher than he is a blocker right now, but certainly the potential to do all of it for you with the right tutelage and time to grow. Linebackers, Trenton Simpson out of Clemson is your number one prospect on ESPN board. I know Drew Sanders out of Arkansas has a lot of fans out there, so maybe those two guys are flipped. Either way, you would feel good about coming away with either of these guys on day two. Dayon Henley out of Washington State. If they go tight end in round two, Dayon Henley may be a guy that goes in round three uh, and is available. And then for offensive linemen, you know I like my guy Steve Avila out of TCU. If you're an everyday, you've heard me talk about this guy uh, time and time and time again. He is that dude and one of those dudes I would love to see wearing burgundy and gold for the Washington Commanders after this draft is complete. You also have right tackle DeWan Jones, who I got to see at the Senior Bowl is just a massive, massive human being if they decide they want to go uh, the offensive tackle route. And then you also have another Ohio State guy in Luke Whippler who's still available, but honestly, he's not even everybody's number one center So on the board. John Michael Schmitz is still available. Juice Scruggs out of Penn State is still there. Joe Tittman out of Wisconsin is still there. I know Nick Gates comes in and plans on being the starting center. I know Chase Roulier is working out and hopefully is looking healthier. But if the Washington Commanders want to address the interior of their offensive line with one of these guys, certainly some good options still remaining out there in the NFL draft entering day two. So we're going to put a bow on day one for now. Again, this is all just kind of surface reaction, surface stuff, kind of letting you guys in behind the curtain a little bit. What happens here in Ashburn, in the media workroom, in the press conferences, we will dive deeper into all of these prospects uh, as we get into next week, towards rookie mini camps, OTAs, all these things, we'll start talking about camp battles and what's coming next. And before you know it, guys, we're going to be ramping up for training camp. Preseason is going to be here, and football will be back. I will be back with a bonus episode today. In the meantime, I want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen every single day for my everydayers. Make sure you come back for that bonus episode. And of course, we will have another episode for you Monday to recap the entire weekend of craziness. Send in your reactions, your questions, your comments via email to lockedoncommanders@gmail.com, at gmail.com, on Twitter at dharrison82, in the YouTube comments, or text me anytime via subtext at 202-760-2644. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country Sports Illustrated's Foundation, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders. More importantly, hanging out with you today and every day, five days a week. till we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day.